0: Welcome back to The Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And
1: this is Brooke.
0: We were made in the 80s. And
1: played in the 90s.
0: And we are back for another exciting episode of The Tape Store podcast. And we are definitely excited about this whole month. Yes. Because this is the month of May. And what is in the month of May that's so important... At least in the Manolis house, in our house, (laughs) and in many houses, In many houses, yes. But what is it?
1: Um, Well, as most of you who are already aware, uh, Monday was May the 4th. And so, of course, we now have this wonderful modern holiday of sorts, which is May the 4th be with you. Yes. So, Star Wars Day, but uh, Toby had the brilliant idea of making it not only a day, but a month.
0: Yes. For the tape store, it's going to go all month. The entire month of May. We're going to have four episodes this month, four Thursdays where we're going to be here talking about all things Star Wars.
1: So the force will be with us for an entire month. Yes,
0: absolutely. Star Wars was one of my most favorite things as a kid growing up. For Brooke? Hmm. Not so much maybe?
1: Um, I mean, I'll explain it later, but like right. it it wasn't it wasn't.
0: Right. <laughs> I loved Star Wars. I was mesmerized by it. It was just pure magic to me. It still is.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Luke Skywalker is one of my, you know, the famous lineup of heroes for Toby as a kid. and he's he sits among the ranks of Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, He-Man, and Gary from the Midnight Society.
1: <laughs> yes. So
0: I have that group there. My I have so many memories as a kid, you know, I, I even had one of those lightsabers. Uh, that when you moved it, it, it made, like, the noise. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a picture of me riding my bike in the house, which my mom never let me do. I mean, who, what parent would, right. to be well, fair? Well, and I'm holding it up. <laughs> and I wanted the green one or the blue one, because the green one, of course, the green lightsaber is is Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. Right. And when I was five or six, I you know, all three movies had already been released, 77, 80, and 83. Right. So I wanted either Luke's blue one, Right. From Star Wars slash Empire. Mm-hmm. Or I wanted Luke's green one from Return of the Jedi. Right. And I remember for Christmas, mom was like, Toby, you know, all Santa could find was Darth Vader's. Oh. So I had the red one, but it was still cool. You're right. And now as a grown up, I'm like, oh no, I want Darth Vader's, you know? even yes. th- Well, I don't know. I still want Luke's. But to-
1: ironically, I actually ended up buying you. You
0: did. Us. You bought me Luke's.
1: And then when our power went out at the school... I saw Toby coming down the hall with the lightsaber yes. on, like fake fighting. And it was great. Amazingly, all the t- the cool teenagers loved it. Oh, they did, yeah. I have a video of it. I'll have to find it. And boring. even
0: if they made fun of me, I would have been like, look. Who cares? I went through this when I was younger. <laughs> I'm, now, over that I'm it. <laughs> now that I'm grown, I don't care.
1: Right. You know, It's I spent, a great memory. spent
0: so much time caring what people thought, you know. And I, I try to, you know, tell people, you know, I try, I try to tell students especially, right. like, Please don't spend so much time caring what other people think. You're gonna you're gonna miss out on a lot of happiness, you know. Mm-hmm. When you get older, you know, definitely, definitely learn to grow out of that and be yourself and right. love yourself. So yes, I was wielding Luke's green lightsaber.
1: So now in adulthood you you have it.
0: And I have a red one as well. Right. I found another red one because that one I had as a kid was long gone, unfortunately. Yeah. You know is that r- our son's now. Yeah, maybe. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. He probably won't want it. But Star Wars is one of my beloved childhood uh building blocks legacies, whatever you want to call it, you know. It it was a major major portion, a whole wall of my childhood, yes. not just a brick. And I'm very happy to incorporate that into this podcast now. We're an 80s and 90s podcast, though. Right. So, one of the things that Brooke and I agreed on was Though we're going to talk about Star Wars, we're going to to keep it within the 80s and 90s decades. So everything Star Wars are going to be talking about is the Star Wars stuff that happened between those two decades. And we're going to begin the opening week, the opening episode of Star Wars at the tape store with 1980s Empire Strikes Back.
1: So okay. just to be clear, we are we are not talking about A New Hope because that came out in nineteen seventy seven. Right. So I'm just reiterating that. Right. That's why we're not covering A New Hope, even though we love it. Yes. Um, not this time. Right.
0: We are deciding to stay. Yes. We're pure making an executive decision. <laughs> right. The Empire Strikes Back is the second in the original trilogy. It's considered Episode Five in the Skywalker Saga, of which there is now nine films. Yes. The Empire Strikes Back was released on May 21st, 1980. Mm -hmm. 1980 was a big year for me, as I was also (laughs) born that year. Yes. Interesting thing about Empire Strikes Back is, as a kid, I did not like it. Yep. As a kid, I did not appreciate it. As an adult, it is not only my favorite Star Wars movie, it is one of my favorite just movies in general. Right. I love Empire Strikes Back. It is belovedly known among Star Wars fans as just Empire, as Mm -hmm. I've already referred to it several times. And most, it is widely considered the best Star Wars film. It's directed by Irvin Kirshner, who, when I look back at his directorial career, yeah, I'm not familiar with anything he did before Empire. Interesting. Uh, he did direct two films after Empire that I'm familiar with. And I forgot one of them, so I'm going to go back and look at it. One of them was Robocop 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And Never Say Never Again, which is a James Bond film. So ah. he did Never Say Never Again in 83. And then 1990, he did RoboCop 2, but he did Empire Strikes Back, okay? Right. That's (laughs) that's really all he needed to do. That's his claim to fame. Let's um, talk a little bit about Empire. Okay. Before we do that, though, let's give some context as far as setting and story and stuff because we are starting in the middle chapter of a three-part trilogy as far as the original trilogy, right? Right. So we know in the first Star Wars film, we're introduced to all of our wonderful characters, our protagonists, our heroes. Mm -hmm.
1: And our antagonists.
0: And our antagonists, right? We have a small ragtag rebellion Mm -hmm. versus a massive evil juggernaut galactic (laughs) empire. We have really great good guys. We have really horrible bad guys. Very ominous, scary bad guys like Darth Vader. Yeah.
1: That's one thing I've noticed about Star Wars. There's not that many people who are riding the middle of the field it's like no. they're either really good or almost on their way right. to really good or really bad. Right. So there's not a lot of middle-of-the-road people in this current, you know, in this in this world.
0: When you're dealing with a situation like you have a small group of, of again, a ragtag rebel alliance versus mm-hmm. something like this massive juggernaut, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about Star Wars is that they really ground themselves in reality. It's not just like... The Rebel Alliance just, they they have a victory, and then, oh, it's Jubilee. No, the Empire comes back. Yeah. Always comes back really hard. Yeah. In fact, I will say, I will step a little bit out of our time period and talk about the new trilogy. Yeah. And it was one of the things that I actually kind of appreciated about the First Order when it came yeah. back. It's like, well, it would make sense that the Empire wouldn't just go away a day after Return of the Jedi, right? Exactly. So one of the things Nothing that... Nothing as
1: powerful as that
0: right. would really disappear. And I think that that was something that I never understood as a kid, and even more recently as an adult realized, like, no, Star Wars did a really good job with that. Yeah. They did a really good job with... Because at the end of the first film, when they blow up the Death Star, which, you know, is the massive space station, it's the main big yeah force, yeah you know, destructive force in the first film is the Death Star. It's this massive space station that can blow up planets. I mean, it blew up Alderaan, which is like where... Right. It was <laughs> like
1: their key weapon that if we didn't destroy, we'd right. have big problems.
0: And Luke Skywalker, through using the Force, not the targeting computer, <laughs> is able to destroy the Death Star. So, I mean, it was kind of a fool's errand, yeah. but, it, but it worked. Luke used the Force. Right. You know, he fired two torpedoes using... He is a gifted, talented brave young man. Mm -hmm. He's also at times brash. We're going to talk about a few of Luke's flaws tonight because we're we're in Empire Strikes Back, which really is a film centered around Luke's flaws in some cases. But but Luke is a great kid, very gifted, has an immense calling. He goes from this young farm boy living the most boring life to being swept into the most important story in the galaxy. Right. And he's the central figure in it. Because there is this almost religious power called the force. Yeah. That binds everything in the universe together, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean it really it really does play a kind of faith because everything they do is either foolish right. or
0: faith. And even and people if you
1: whether yeah. you whether you want to call it that or not, because whenever they would say, you know, use the force or believe in the force, even the way people behaved about the force, oh the force, whatever. Like it's the same way people brush off religion. Right. So it really is I mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming they meant for it to have that religious right. feel and because it yes. definitely does.
0: So Luke, using the Force, is able to destroy the Death Star. I don't want to get too much into the first film. but No, no, no. The end of the first film, meeting all of our characters, meeting all of our protagonists and antagonists, and then having a major victory for our heroes at the end of the first film. And it's such a massive victory. Yeah. We can't imagine things getting really, really bad. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> right. But the fact of the matter is... It is, and Mm -hmm. I'm going because I'm going to read the opening scroll for Empire Strikes Back. I'm talking like when you watch a Star Wars movie and you see the 20th Century Fox and the 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 fanfare and the Lucasfilm logo, and then of course a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, yes, in that familiar blue (laughs) writing against a black screen, and then bam, Star Wars, Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. It is a dark time for the rebellion. Although the Death Star has been destroyed. Imperial troops have driven the rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker have established a new secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. The evil lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of remote probes into the far reaches of space. Now, when you're a kid or an adult, just if you don't understand who Darth Vader truly is... He's much more significant and important than just being this this mean baddie. When you find out that in that opening crawl that he is obsessed with finding Luke. Right. You're thinking, well, certainly he is obsessed because this kid blew up the Death Star.
1: Right. You think it's more of a vengeance or some kind of vendetta
0: against him. Yeah. But it's not. Right. It's much deeper. It's much more intense, mm-hmm. you know, than that. Which, again, if you're a Star Wars fan, then you probably know what it is. But, again, I just... I, I like that they put that in there. Yeah. You know? But it's a dark time for the rebellion, right? The Rebel Alliance scored a major victory by destroying the Death Star. But we have to understand the reality, and that's why I said earlier, You know, the thing about having a situation like a small group versus a large group is that mm-hmm. it is an uphill battle. Yeah. They were an empire. They have all the resources and the means of production to continue their fight against the rebels, who are still outnumbered and outgunned. So a major setback for the empire. Yeah. But they come right back like as hard as ever. Yeah and run the Rebels out of their secret base, likely at Yavin, and they have to go to a new place, which is worse. They have to go to the ice planet of Hoth. And how would we describe Hoth? It's Bro-
1: just it's just really harsh, really unforgiving terrain. It's freezing cold, snow everywhere. It takes work to get in and out of. Oh, yeah. So, on one hand, that's good for them to hide, but on another mm. hand, it's bad if they had to escape. Right. So... It's, you know, it's not the ideal hiding spot.
0: It's so cold there. The rebels are forced to domesticate animals found on the planet. These are called Tauntauns. Yeah. And we find out how bad things are on Hoth right away because (laughs) Luke and Han are on a patrol. Han heads back to base. Luke sees something crash onto the ground. He wants to go check it out. Won't take long, right?
1: Right. In true Luke fashion.
0: And he immediately encounters one of the dangerous things about this planet, which is a wampa. You just see this big creature show up. It kills Luke's tauntaun, which are mm-hmm. again like this lizard-like thing with fur. Yeah, I don't even. I, I and,
1: genuinely don't know how to describe. Right,
0: it. they ride them like horses, but they're on two legs, and
1: it's like a kangaroo meets
0: yeah something. They else. got kind of horns on them. <laughs> I don't, you know. I have no idea. So it kills Luke's tauntaun immediately. It wounds Luke and drags both the carcass of the tauntaun and Luke back to its lair. Luke is able to narrowly escape death. Because the tauntaun has already been eaten by the wampa right. by this point, Luke wakes up hanging upside down in a very precarious position. What do we see? We we immediately get the realization that we're going to get some deeper knowledge here of the force, right? Right.
1: Well, he once once he comes to, he uh, realizes, oh, I'm okay. I'm hanging. This is bad. So his lightsaber is in the snow. So yeah, it's like, like stuck in there. So he uses the force stick out his hand, uses it to get it out of the snow. And then he knows how, you know, he knows what he's doing now with his lightsaber. So he gets himself down and
0: the Wampa comes at him and he, you know, cuts the Wampa's arm off, which allows him time to escape. But the point is Luke never did anything like that in the first movie. No,
1: it was all like, what's this? Yeah. Everything
0: was new, but now he is, he is now actually using the force. He's further along in his training. Nowhere near completion, but definitely able to now use it to serve his needs yeah. uh, when he is in trouble with a situation like this, right? We find just a few moments after this that we're definitely going to get <laughs> a lot more about the Force when Luke collapses on the way back to base, a, an ice storm hits. Yeah. He escapes the Wampa, but he can't escape, again, the harsh reality of how yeah. bad things are on this ice planet. An ice storm hits, Luke collapses, and he sees... Obi-Wan Kenobi, the spirit of Obi-Wan, visits Luke and tells him to go to the planet Dagobah and find Yoda, the Mm -hmm. Jedi Master that taught him, that taught Obi-Wan. Right. He can't help Luke physically. Yeah, right. But of course, moments later, Han Solo shows right up. You know, Han Solo is able to rescue Luke, get him back, and get him nursed back to health. Han (laughs) has been having his own struggle. Yes. He's been pissed off like the first... I'd say, what, 20 minutes of this movie? Yeah, as soon as we see
1: him, he's just like,
0: Yeah, Han's in a horrible mood from much of the beginning because Han is dealing with repressing his feelings. Yes. I mean, he's repressing his feelings about two people. Yep. Luke and Leia, so what's going on with that?
1: How we know Han, at least as far as when we meet him in A New Hope, that whole movie, and then up till now, he is very much like a, I don't care, it's fine, whatever. Like, I'm not invested. No, like, I'm not going to get invested in anything. Yeah. As we know, that's crap. I don't care he about anybody. 100% gets invested in, in everything. I'm in it for the money. Right. Yeah. He's, you know, whatever. He's he's here for strictly, you know, strictly materialistic gain. Him repressing his feelings about Leia, one, because he loves Leia. Yes. And he spends a lot of time in this scene trying to get her to say it first. Right. Because he doesn't want to have to say it first. But as far as Luke is concerned. Yes. Han has been making it on his own with Chewie, who, of course, he loves. But he'd Mm -hmm. probably never say it out loud. He loves Luke. as like He has, like, a brother now. Yes. And he's worried about him. Or a family. Yeah, they have a little family. He is stressed out. He's worried about him.
0: Yeah, Luke is missing. Luke, you know, remember, now, Luke was able to escape from the Wampa, but... He is still in peril. And right, he's and, been,
1: and he's not made it back. He's
0: not made it back, and they've noticed. He but, is beha-
1: He's behaving like a hashtag man. Yes. Now, let, now, again, disclaimer, I don't believe that men and women have just, oh, this is, of course, how you respond, so let's just get that out of the way. But he is having a stereotypically male response to stress because he's just mad and he, blaming yeah, everybody. He has
0: a powerful platonic relationship with Luke. Yes. And he doesn't want to admit it, but... We see it with how angry he is because he's scared for Luke. Yes, exactly. To the point where he eventually just saddles up and goes and gets him. Yeah, and he's able to find him. So, and then there's that whole scene where he cuts the Tauntaun open. Yes, with the oh. lightsaber. I love when he, Han picks up the lightsaber and goes, Uh you know, he doesn't really know." <laughs> That's
1: exactly how he would respond. Well, he, he's a blaster guy. Yeah, yeah. Han
0: Solo is a blaster guy. You know, yeah, yeah. Guy, you know? <laughs> and he just goes, Huh. and and but here's the thing. Han's brilliant. He cuts the tauntaun open he puts Luke inside it.
1: He's wor- he has a lot of worldly wisdom. Yes. This um, may
0: smell bad, kid. But it'll like, keep you warm. We
1: deal a lot in this in these films with a higher plane wisdom of the Force and intelligence, yes. but Han gives us that like y'all look, I've been I've been, I've been he's scrappy. Yeah. He like he's has the, he's, he's got, been yeah. around and he knows the tricks of the world. So I love that Han ever so often, you know, we need that. that. Yes, we do.
0: I mean, it it can't just be all of these wise, mystical force bear, uh, lightsaber wielding force bearing. No. You know, we need the Han Solos. Exactly. We do, and we I have think to have this them.
1: saga does a good job of continually throughout these stories moving yeah. toward that.
0: We need the scalpels and we need the hammers, yes, right? Exactly. Han, Solo's a hammer.
1: Han is definitely a hammer.
0: Yes. So we immediately see in Empire Strikes Back. You know, we're going to get a deeper understanding of the Force, and we are going to get a deeper understanding of our characters we're seeing, they're really in the feels. Oh, yeah. You know, Leia and oh, Han yeah. are at each other because they love each other.
1: Right, but neither of them really wants to admit it first. No. It's not that they don't want to admit it. Neither of them wants to say it first.
0: Right. And Because they're
1: both very proud. They're both really great, strong figures. Right. But Leia, from a woman's perspective, I think right. Leia has spent so much time in charge and, you know, in, in possession of herself. Yes. I don't think she wants to admit that she could have like a, a um I don't I don't want to call it a well weakness. something that
0: causes her to lose that a, control um, well, Han, vulnerability, but a vulnerability. Han has it. He's got the ability.
1: Yes, and you know? I don't think she wants to. She doesn't want to appear vulnerable, even though it's not a bad thing. No. So I I love watching them.
0: Yeah, it's great. So of course we know the Empire does find our heroes' hideout. You of know, course because we'd have blown. no movie if they did. In fact, it's it's hard to hide from a militarily powerful, <laughs> influentially far-reaching empire, especially <laughs> one that's led by Darth Vader, a guy right. that is determined, patient, and he's a brilliant tactician, especially when mm-hmm. we find out who Darth Vader is. Right. And then you it find makes out sense. well that's why you can't really run from the dude. The empire shows up to Hoth and a battle ensues. The empire overpowers the rebels. The stars of this scene, in my opinion, are the ATAT walk Imperial yes. Walkers. Mm-hmm. I called them Adats when I was a kid. <laughs> I had one. I had the big Adat playset.
1: Oh you know, yeah! Oh, it was
0: massive. I kept my. It was so big. I kept my Star Wars figures. Oh, on.
1: that's cute. They
0: they, they <laughs> were these massive. They're called Walkers. They're like on four legs. They yeah. essentially like these massive, like you know, like creatures, but yeah. Not. Qua- is it would it be quadra? I don't know what they. Um, call it, pedal. I am not. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's like not the, you know, my The bipedals on two legs. <laughs> I don't want to get into wars. That's I don't know. It's not my area. It looks like these these massive ro- robotic, almost animal yeah. shaped. Yes. W- but but they're. I think they're probably. Remove the Death Star and things like that. I think as far as on a ground assault, they're the worst thing to ever face. Yeah,
1: because you really, I mean, you have to really pull out all the stops to defeat right. those things.
0: Luke leads a group of snowspeeder pilots with some success in an aerial battle, uh, very, very very well done. And they do, they are able to get a few of the ADATs. The only way they can do it is using tow cables to essentially wrap around their legs. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the rebels have to evacuate. It's not enough. It's not enough. Right. They're overwhelmed, overpowered. It's here that our heroes separate with Luke and R2 heading to Dagobah. So they're able to narrowly escape. I mean, they get stormed. I mean, yeah. Darth, Darth Vader and the Snowtroopers straight up are in the base like where is every? like looking <laughs> yeah. for people. yes. So, Luke and R2 are able to make it to the X-Wing, and they blast off and get out of there. They head to Dagobah. Yeah. And Han and Leia, Chewie, and C-3PO get into the Falcon, and they leave with the Empire in pursuit.
1: Yeah. So, So Luke's gotten away clean.
0: Luke's gotten away clean. Vader. He's on their tail. Vader is on the Millennium Falcon's tail. He's like, I want that ship. He's got a plan, Yes. Right. Of course. Vader's got a plan to, like, to, like... To, like, get a few birds with the same stone. Mm -hmm. This guy's brilliant. So here we see Han Solo's superior abilities as a pilot. Because in the Millennium Falcon, they are running from TIE Fighters and Star Destroyers. Like, there's no way they're going to get away.
1: Stress is high.
0: (laughs) But Han Solo makes a risky move. He flies into an asteroid field. Yes. He outmaneuvers the Empire, takes a risky detour through this big asteroid field. And here is where we see not only one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah. One of me and favorite pieces of music from all of John Williams' brilliant catalog of Star Wars yes. music. Yes,
1: it's called Asteroid Field. Yeah. that's just the name of the piece because it is... it's during this scene, and it begins the actual beginning of the song when you listen to it, like on you know your your MP3 player or whatever. It's the Darth Vader theme.
0: Yeah, it's the Imperial March.
1: Yeah, so like that's what you hear first, and then it just. I I listen to it when I'm late to work sometimes, there's, and I'm like driving really fast, which I shouldn't. Uh, and I'm like, yes, asteroid field. So like, it's a it's such a great piece of music.
0: There's nothing else like it. It's its own unique piece. Yeah. It never really recurs again. I don't believe. Um, I but, don't
1: remember hearing that any of those themes again. Yeah. So it's so pr- you're it, probably it's, right.
0: It's just it's an excellent, excellent piece of yeah, music. Yeah. If you it's don't perfect. have
1: it, go get it on iTunes. It's yeah. Just, it's great fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, the asteroid field. It is again out of all of the Star Wars films, and I've seen them all, <laughs> with all of the great music, because it's either done by John Williams or or, you know, in other shows and stuff, it's it's yeah, I was inspired. gonna
1: say he's done all the Star Wars like that
0: yeah, movies, right? That is the best, yeah. yeah. That if I could take any piece of it out and keep forever, it would be the asteroid field. Yes, it's great. And it's a great part. So so our heroes are separated. In this time of separation, both groups go through some kind of personal development. Luke with his force training and Han and Leia with their relationship, right? Yes. Let's start with Degaba. Luke gets there, has a terrible attitude from the get go because, listen, yes. Luke is a good guy. He is a hero through and through, but Luke has some character flaws. So he's he, a good
1: guy, and he wants to he he wants to be the best he can be right now. Right, and that's and the problem. And that's not true of anything. So you know you can right. imagine the uh, stress contrasted
0: against Leia, who's just like
1: she can work within the limitations if she knows that's what we have to work with. Right. She's very pragmatic. Luke's
0: like, well, wait, we don't we don't you know. I'm, but I, that's
1: what makes him a great hero, though, is because he's willing to try something, knowing knowing it might not work. One, right. And two. Even though he's impatient, when he does right. go through it and get to where he's supposed to be, he's phenomenal. Well, this so, is where
0: I use, you know, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. you know, even before we had a podcast. If Luke and Leia were an arrow, Luke would be the head. Mm-hmm. Leia would be the feathers. Yes, you know? absolutely. Have Explain to have the, that,
1: though. Explain why that's true.
0: Well, Luke is like the... Let's go get him, you know? Yeah, like,
1: tip of the spear. He's, literally. he's the tip
0: of the spear. You know, he's, he will go, he wants to go straight in. Mm-hmm. He wants to go all in. He's ready. Yeah. Leia is the feathers that keep the aim true.
1: Yeah, she keeps things steady. The fact of
0: the matter is it doesn't matter how great your point is if you don't have the feathers to keep the aim true. And I don't think there would be any Rebel Alliance from beginning to end Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Princess Leia. And I mean that for all nine films. Absolutely. I was going to say, that
1: translates even to the recent ones that just came out.
0: Yes. For me, like, and Luke Skywalker will always be one of my heroes at heart. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that Leia, Leia... Held it together. I we could have a
1: whole episode just about the Leia. the fact of the <laughs> matter
0: is that that Leia just never has a breakdown. She just doesn't, at
1: least not one that we are made privy to.
0: I don't know. I'm not saying she doesn't have weaknesses, but
1: no, but she, but they're different people. That's the good thing about Star Wars, though, is that we're looking at vastly different mm-hmm. people and how they're each heroes, even with their own
0: characteristics. So right. I love. So anyway, it's sorry. Hard. Yeah. you know, I don't want to betray my admiration for Luke as my childhood no, hero. No, of course you know? not. I just. When I really assess Luke and Leia's leadership mm-hmm. and how they dealt with threats and how they dealt with struggle, yeah, Leia just she did better in a lot of ways. Yeah, I well, mean she like- she really kept things much more steadier. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is is that when crap went to pot, Leia stayed exactly. Yeah, she she stayed, her aim was true. Yeah and uh, it just uh, it's, always was yeah it's
1: the same i mean it's kind of the same idea of when people say like when you're a kid your parents are your hero and then you grow up and you see that they're not heroes just people it's right. it's kind of like when you when we've all grown up and we meet luke and leia with adult eyes we see yes. different things and actually to me it's more encouraging because you can see how each each personality type can be uh even through their flaws successful
0: no absolutely Okay, so Luke meets Yoda and doesn't even realize he's met Yoda. Why? Well, because Yoda's small in stature. He's childlike.
1: Mm-hmm. He's like silly, kind of.
0: Almost, yeah. He's I'm cute. At, <laughs> and and the thing, about, the thing about it is, though, is Yoda is not trying to throw Luke off. Yoda is just very childlike. Mm-hmm. It's He's just, you know, he goes, he's rummaging through Luke's stuff, mm-hmm. and he pulls out this little light, and he wants it. You and know? now that
1: we've all seen the Mandalorian, likely we know that that is just a Yoda trait. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And... You know, he's like, Oh, you're looking for someone, he's like, Yeah, I'm looking for a great warrior and he's and but as Yoda is kind of portraying this little childlike figure, you know, he's he's throwing these bits of wisdom because mm-hmm. oh war doesn't make one great, you know. Yeah. And these things and Luke has still not learned that you can't look at things from the outside, you know. Right. He's not impressed with Yoda at first. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Yoda reveals who he is, and Luke's like, well, wait, wait, no, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to train, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know? Yeah. Luke's force training is a bumpy ride. Oh, yeah. While it's clear, it's clear from the beginning, from the first movie, from the first time we meet Luke, it's clear that he's gifted, brave, and morally righteous. Yep. He's problematic. Headstrong, emotional, reactive, and impatient. And we are going to see that as we go between Han and Leia and the gang. Right you know, while they're dealing with staying out of the clutches of the Empire versus Luke's force training in Dagobah, we're going to see that Luke's force training is, you know, it's it's a checkered...
1: Yeah, it's not just this, oh, huh, you were made for this. No. It's not like that. Not that at all. He's very... He, he's like we've already, and we've already pointed it out, but he's ready to be the best right now. He doesn't think he has any flaws yeah. that would get in the way of his training. And as usual... Most of the training he's got to overcome is in his mind.
0: Of course. It, or yes. not
1: training. No, sorry. Most of the obstacles, not training. Most of the obstacles that he has to overcome is in his mind. And those roadblocks are what he's having trouble getting through. So
0: there's some things that he's doing well in his training, but yeah. there's some things that Yoda just Yoda's just looking down like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, so, which again, as a kid, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, oh, this is so important to see. Yeah, it is that our, one of our most important protagonists is extremely flawed mm-hmm.
1: and he you has know? a lot to learn. He's already he's already a hero. Right. And even our already hero has a lot of loose ends that he's got to tie up. Yes. So that's encouraging for the normal humans
0: in the world. Right. So meanwhile Han and Leia and Chewie and 3PO still in a desperate situation. They're not only pursued by the empire but also a slew of bounty hunters. Who want Han oh, to Lord. deliver him to job uh, to Jabba the Hutt? Who has a you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's a lot of money to get you know. It's Han has a big price on his head. Let's of say course. that. Darth Vader has decided to employ the bounty hunters. He's like, well, I'm going to look for him, right? But I'm going to get these guys who have a stake in it. You know?
1: Yeah. So he didn't have to. He it's less work for him. He can just have them do it.
0: Right. In the end, Han and Leia decide to make a break for one of Han's old friends, Lando Calrissian. Yes. Played by Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Lando has found himself, and if you've seen the solo film and stuff, we know that they have quite the history. Yes, but Lando has found himself in Bespin, uh, slash Cloud City, and he's running a legitimate operation, gas mining, is right. what he's into. And he lives in this place, you know, in, in Bespin called Cloud City. He lives in these these massive buildings yeah. that are like really high in the sky. It's really crazy. It looks cool. It's one of my favorite yeah. locations, actually as far as visually in the Star Wars universe. Well, they get there. Han's like, you know, he looks at Chew and he's like, hey, you know, keep your eyes open. Yeah. You know? Leia is immediately like, you know, I don't know what to think of this. If he's a buddy of yours from a long time ago, that's probably not great.
1: Right. <laughs> True.
0: Lando is in Billy D Williams especially back in 1980 like 40 years ago yeah he was like incredibly handsome incredibly charming, charming. Oh, in yeah. fact they uh, there's some stories on the set like I think it was Mark Hamill that said when I met Billy D Williams it was like it was like meeting this legend you know wow yeah he just you know had a great reputation he was an incredible performer you know, so and and of course, seeing him recently in in episode nine, oh, it, yeah. was like, it was like you know great. he was Lando.
1: <laughs> he had he was going to have to be part of it. Yeah,
0: so Lando's a charmer. Yes. you know Billy Day Williams, good looking guy, and he's immediately like, "Leia, you are absolutely beautiful." Yep. He's What's like, up, girl? Right. <laughs> but it is not as it seems. You know, Leia and her suspicions is right, and so is Han. Han's kind of like not quite sure, and they have a reason to be. There's a red flag. Three PO walks in while they're there walking around. 3 po ends up walking into a room. We don't see who's in there, but we hear a voice say, you know, something like, hey, what are you doing here or something? And next thing you know, C-3PO is blasted into like pieces. <laughs> That's true.
1: I know. he's Oh, I'm
0: sorry. He's like, Poor C-3PO. <laughs> we don't really find out who it is yet. Oh, right? Lord. He's eventually repaired by Chewbacca later in the film. Unfortunately, we do have some duplicity with Lando. We find that Darth Vader, ever cunning, has gotten to him. Meaning that earlier, when three PO got blown away, he had most certainly walked in on some stormtroopers. Likely, right? Lando betrays Han and the gang and drops a bombshell. Vader isn't even after Solo in the gang; he's after some guy called Skywalker. Ah, uh. so what the heck? <laughs> right, right. He's going. Al- he-, he is going way out of his. Yeah, way. I he's, mean, he's
1: going all the way around
0: to what would seem to be finding some kid who's like who just had a lucky day and blew up the Death Star. Right. Han Solo. Is, uh, excuse me. Darth Vader is doing a lot to. Get this kid. Yep. Han is tortured. And in one of the more emotionally intense moments in Star Wars, ends up frozen in carbonite. Yes. He's separated from Leia. Hearing Chewie wail during that scene, it was almost like an execution. I know. So the plan was, they're going to freeze Han in this material to transport him to Java the Hutt. You know, the purpose of the carbonite is it would freeze Han and cause him to be uh, to go into hibernation, right?
1: Like in his current state, so that he wouldn't age or nothing would happen to him, he'd just be right. preserved.
0: And he's not in a place where he can escape because right. he's frozen in this like stuff. Yeah, like this, it's like some kind of like mineral or something, or some kind of like rock or something. It looks like he's essentially a statue. Yeah. When he comes out, I remember as a kid that was like traumatic <laughs> oh. because you know it was Han Solo. He's like yeah. one of my heroes, right? And he goes down. He, him and Leia share a kiss. They have the famous, I, you know, I love I love you. you. I know. I know. You know, Leia says, yeah. "I love you." Han goes. I know.
1: And you're like, man,
0: just... Chewie is wailing. It's so sad. Poor then, sweet
1: Chewie through everything.
0: Then he comes out and he's on this slab. Yeah. And he's frozen. It, again, he looks like he's in frozen in the statue yes. type Yes. Many stuff. years
1: later, we all have iPhone cases like that. Right. So, thank you.
0: And C-3PO, ever the optimist, goes, oh, they've encased him in carbonite. He should be very well preserved if he survived the freezing process, that is. God. And he did.
1: <laughs> yes. His will is stronger.
0: He was alive and in perfect hibernation. Lando is there for all of it, and you can tell it He's is like, kill- okay. it's killing him inside. Like, this isn't who he- Lando is. So
1: I stand corrected. I said originally that this movie only had really good people and really bad people. But really, yeah. Lando is a middle of the road. He just kind of goes to the highest bidder. He's a middle of the road. But he- we get to see his conscience start to eat away at it. No, it does. that. The, the so. carbonite
0: scene was definitely you yeah. know, that moment for him. And to see that, you know, his buddy, Han, mm-hmm. has found true friendship, has a family, has he loves a woman, yeah. she loves him.
1: And not just like, it's not a fling, he like, clear, no. cl- they clearly really have something. And
0: when I was a kid, and when that slab came, I was like, oh my gosh, what happened to him? <laughs> and then we find out that this was what Darth Vader wanted to do. You know, they tested this on Han Solo, because he wants to lure Luke here, right. to get Luke and Carbonite to take him to the Emperor. Right, right. So this so, is all part of the plan, as the Joker says, right? Yes. Perfect. All of these bad things happening to Han and mm-hmm. Leia, it causes a, what is known as a disturbance in the Force. Anytime something bad happens, and we see this all throughout the Star Wars universe, when something right. bad happens, the Force is essentially... Uh, the balance gets it, off. It, it's yeah. jarred. Mm-hmm. It's it's disturbed. Yeah, Jedis and people who are sensitive to the Force... Feel this disturbance. Luke, during his training, senses the disturbance, mm-hmm. and he leaves his training unfinished because he senses that Han and Leia and and Chewie and 3PO are in mortal danger. Yeah. And Yoda confirms it. He goes, yeah, but you need to stay here. You need to stay here and mm-hmm. play the long game. he's like, and sacrifice Han and Leia. He's like, if you have to.
1: And, you know, I can't say that he's right or
0: wrong, though, because
1: I don't know that Luke's wrong for going. I
0: think that it's one of those moments where I don't think there was a right or wrong. I mean, I think if I were Luke, I know what I would have done. I would have hopped on the X-Wing, too. Yeah. So Luke gets out of there. And, you know, Yoda has a conversation with Obi-Wan as Luke is taking off. Mm -hmm. And he says, there is another. Like, like, you know, Obi-Wan says, that boy was our only hope. And Yoda says, no, there's another. Of course, we find out who that is eventually. Of course. Luke arrives to Bespin, and Vader is waiting. This was all part of his plan to use yeah, his friend, yeah, Luke uses friend's as bait to get Luke there so he can freeze him in carbonite, take him to the Emperor. He does attempt to rescue his friends, but Boba Fett and the Empire, uh, Imperial troopers, mm-hmm. fight him off in a brief firefight with Leia screaming, Luke, it's a trap. Like, get out of there. Yeah. But Luke, this is where Luke is problematic. And
1: this is why Yoda urged him to stay, because of stuff like this.
0: Despite Yoda and Ben's warnings that a confrontation with Vader would be a disaster, Luke essentially puts himself, I mean, he goes, you know, he goes essentially looking for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vader is waiting, like the lightsaber's out and it's all, and he's like, I know why you're here. Mm-hmm. And he says to him, The force is with you, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet. In other words, even Vader saying yeah. you are not ready for this boy. Yeah. Luke goes on the offensive, even to the point of impressing Vader. He even escapes vader's initial plan a which is getting frozen the carbonite he's able to jump out of it and vader's like oh impressive like yeah wow okay
1: like maybe you're a little bit further along than i thought
0: despite throwing his very best at vader which is pretty darn good luke cannot keep up with him vader's more seasoned stronger and far more skilled vader severs luke's right hand as a result luke loses his lightsaber as well weaponless and physically defeated luke takes another blow with what is probably the most earth-shattering reveal in film history absolutely Vader reveals who is he?
1: He is Luke's father.
0: He is Anakin Skywalker. Yes. He said, Obi-Wan never told you. Luke screams no. Yeah. Not, not." I mean, he says that's not true. That's impossible. But he says, you know. You know because you know know what connects us. Yeah. The the very thing that you're strong in is why you know. Mm -hmm. You know I'm your dad. You know, Luke gives a, Horrible, no. Yes, like, no.
1: I know that his face his, just well, it's contorts just because into this he knows, Picasso-like shape. He knows, yeah.
0: That as horrible as Darth Vader is, it's true. He's telling the mm-hmm. truth. Vader offers Luke to be at his side and rule the galaxy with their powers combined. Luke standing at the edge of a precipice. They're fighting in this like shaft. Yeah, you know, he voluntarily falls, and is saved because he's fall. He he's in this like shaft. With these, like, gas mine vacuums, he yeah. gets sucked into one of them. So he lives. Yeah. And ends up hanging at the bottom of one of these buildings. Right. And Vader's just like... Well, crap. <laughs> but he's... But, of course, we know Vader's, yeah, not, well, Vader's not finished, right? No, of course not. While Luke has survived his fall, he's hanging for dear life. Meanwhile, during this time, Lando's had a change of heart. He goes back on the deal he made with the Empire. However, it's too little, too late. Yeah. He and Leia and Chewy and three PO, who is strapped to the back of Chewy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it's like his head's on his <laughs> torso. Everything else, it's all he's all in this like backpack, backpack this, this yeah. net backpack. Little Jan
1: Sport three PO. I love
0: that was sweet. <laughs> Chewy's so sweet.
1: He's Let's yes. talk,
0: Chewbacca is the is he's got the biggest heart in the Star Wars. He universe. is
1: arguably the sweetest, best character in the entire yes. saga. He is always his his heart is always just. Ripped open for everyone he loves. I know, and all the times that he has to experience Han going through crap, I can't even. He needs an Academy Award,
0: right? Um, we love Chewie. We love Chewie. I know, and even, and he carries three PO. He fixes three PO and carries him around. Like <laughs> we have to really step back and <laughs> it's look at so that. Sweet. It's,
1: <laughs> I love him so much.
0: So you know, it's, and he loves Leia. Yes, he and does. he
1: continues to love her even even into the the new movies.
0: Yes, of course. So Luke, remember. He's hanging. He's hanging. <laughs> Boba Fett is able to make off with Han Solo. Right, before, yes. Before, before uh, Lando and Leia and Chewie can and, and 3PO by proxy <laughs> can make a rescue attempt. Luke is, again, hanging for dear life. Right. And he uses the Force to communicate with all people. Leia, mm-hmm. they have a connection. Ah. They have a connection. It's not romantic. It's Although it's, that's it's,
1: what we think it could be at first. Right. But it's not.
0: It's actually not. But... Leia, it hears Luke. Mm-hmm. She turns. you know, he says, Leia, hear me, Leia, you know, uh, Leia hears him. She turns to Lando and says, we have to go back. I know where Luke is. She knows exactly where Luke's at. Yeah. They rescue him. Luke is undone. He's recovering, uh, physically, but it's even worse for him, you know? Yeah. And Vader is, begins communicating with him via the force as he's on the ship. Yep. Of course, there's another pursuit, you know, Vader is not done. He knows that Luke is, is okay. He knows that Luke has gotten on the Falcon, yeah, and they're going after the ship, and Han's hyperdrive, which is always, you know, the (laughs) Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive, which is always either working or broken, right, depending on the hour of the day, right? Exactly. Uh, They get it back going, and they are able to escape. So Luke, Leia, Lando, the droids, R2 and 3PO, and Chewie are able to to leave and, and, and escape the clutches of the Empire, much to the dismay and disappointment of... Darth Vader. Yeah. Would have hate to have been on his Star Destroyer on that day. Oh, Lord. Yeah. The film ends with Luke and Leia now back at the Rebel fleet. Luke is getting a new prosthetic hand. Lando and Chewie are off in the Falcon to find Han, beginning the search to rescue him. Luke puts a reassuring arm around Leia, and they stand with 3PO and R2 and watch the Falcon leave. All is not well. Nope. So the film ends...
1: No better than it began.
0: No, not really. Dark yeah. time. Yeah. So as a kid, I'm like, the main issue I had, let's talk about me as a kid now. The main <laughs> issue I, just for a second. No, I can't The main issue wait. I had was Luke lost the battle Yeah. with Darth Vader. The as good a kid, guy lost. The good guy lost. The right. Luke gets beat. And as a kid, I just had such a hard time reconciling that. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I'm like, that needed to happen. It's because it's realistic. That needed to happen, right? Right.
1: And also, it's kind of like now that we are aware of what flaws can do. Yes, uh, when we give, when we have a moment of weakness or we give in to something we maybe shouldn't, Mm. we we have to see repercussions of that because sometimes we're lucky, and sometimes we're kind of like, oh, that's what you get. Yeah, you know. So it's it's nice to see both sides of that because Luke experiences incredibly lucky moments. Yes, and incredibly devastating moments, and all of them. Are usually caused by his brashness, his right. willing to act on something that may or may not work. Right. So that's so, his gift and his curse. I guess. Yeah, he
0: is. He's he's brave. He's true. Mm-hmm. Again, morally righteous, but is a man of highs and lows. Yes. Whereas Leia is just so She's steady. Steady Eddie. Yeah. Just the steady, strong rock of I think the entire saga. So, but yes, that is the Empire so, Strikes Back. So real
1: quick, when did you see this?
0: I don't remember. You I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember when I first saw this. I do remember the one movie I've seen in the theaters is Return of the Jedi. Okay. Because I was three when that came out. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so so it was much more of a... Yeah. You know, something I could have done then, you know, <laughs> That's as, so cute. at that age. <laughs>
1: well, didn't they? But they re-released them in the 90s. Did you see well, those?
0: The, uh, I saw A New Hope when they re-released okay. it in the 90s. But so I, I had seen them all as a little kid. Yeah, of course. I just don't remember the first time I saw Empire. I just remember... Always having this feeling of like, oh, Empire. Aww. This is the one Luke loses in. Right. Uh, I had such a hard time with it, you know. Uh, and again, but uh, my my appreciation as an adult has just, you know, it's through the roof. I guess yeah. it's, it's, it's the best movie in the series, you know. I want to talk about another random thing that I loved mm-hmm. about Empire, and that's Han Solo's jacket.
1: Oh, gosh, yes.
0: I love Han Solo's jacket i had, talked
1: about this oh, is, yeah, guys this is like he does talk about this jacket
0: <laughs> i had a search for
1: yes, years i, I mean i was on
0: a search for <laughs> a jacket similar to it with the pockets and stuff oh, so han yeah. solo has this um it's like a flight jacket or something right you know? it was custom made for the film right it Obviously. was it, you know it was custom made um he wears it most of the film he loses it when he's tortured you know they you know right, when, of when they're captured in bespin and he's tortured and stuff they you know he loses the jacket and he never gets it back he ends up so in the first movie he's wearing a vest in in, in a new hope and we're in return of the jedi he's back in the vest but in empire he's wearing a jacket he's
1: acquired this jacket
0: and yeah. it's such a cool uh costume piece yeah and you can find a lot of people talk about this jacket <laughs> on um on on the internet, yeah, you know, there's a lot of forums and stuff where people talk about the Han Solo jacket. That's you know? hilarious. I do have a couple jackets that kind of look like it. I've been <laughs> yes. able to kind of attain a, which couple. which are
1: called his Han Solo. Jacket. I call them Han Solo. Like, Brooke, have you seen my Han Solo jacket?
0: Right. <laughs> so, I, I, it just was very unique, and it, it just was. It, it was a really great addition to his to his character there. Yeah. Uh, to to his look. Right, of course. Sorry. But yeah, I, I, I do remember the jacket. And there was some debate as to whether it was a blue jacket or a gray jacket. Ah. So yeah, the and I forget hmm. which one it actually was. It was either like a dark navy blue or a charcoal gray. I think it was gray.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. But it looked grey.
0: Yeah, it looked like a deep gray color. Yeah. yeah I don't know. We should look that up. We should throw some stuff, uh, you know, about that oh, for out sure. on uh, and, um, Instagram. And
1: before we leave this, I do want, I want to address. Okay. So I haven't talked a whole, whole, whole lot this episode because mm-hmm. Toby grew up with these movies like from childhood, <coughs> you know, had the, had the collector's toys and everything. Yes. Uh, I did also, but I wasn't like the person who was like, I want to go see it because I am an only child. I grew up. With three boys on my block, that we were all our houses were in a row, and they loved Star Wars, Star Trek, all of it. It's one one of our neighbors, particularly one the name is Joseph. He had all the Star Wars action figures when they came back out, um, in our in theaters. He would go, see them. I was never like I think I got annoyed by how much he would talk about it. I was like, whatever, shut up, I don't care. So I mm-hmm. grew up always kind of like appreciating Star Wars culture, right. but it was never personal and so when toby and i got married uh we accidentally started a tradition i was like i've never really seen them i've seen bits and pieces because i remember i saw um actually it was empire strikes back when i was a kid on yeah. tv and yoda scared the actual crap out of me yes scared me to death and then i never wanted to, anything to do with it for like mm. years so he was like Brooke, you haven't seen them all i was like no so at hanukkah every year now we have a episode what is it Four, five, and six marathon. So that was when I first saw Star Wars, and I was like, you know, twenty-four. So I came at it with a whole new appreciation. Yes. So um, I don't. I'm not gonna. I I don't have like all this wisdom to say like Toby does in these episodes, but I have an interesting perspective because I saw them as an adult. No, but also
0: just your whole background with literature and understanding, you know, the hero's journey and characters gives you a great uh, take on, you know, what these. The, the deeper layered things these characters are going through. Yeah. Which is why I think Empire is the best film. It is. Because
1: It's the training montage.
0: You, it's, it's, it's the where Luke realizes his weaknesses. It's where we meet Yoda. Mm-hmm. It's where Han and Leia fall in love. It's where we find out Luke's father is Darth Vader. Which is such a burden, yeah, and and, and such a major part of com- him completing his arc as a character, and that's uh, a
1: major step in the hero's journey. But facing, there's also other, facing your greatest fear,
0: right? But there's also really cool gifts that it gives us, um, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, yes, you know, um, Lando, Lando, uh, Han's jacket, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and uh, we uh, yo, have enamel uh, the, pins of yes. of Han and Leia saying "I love we you," do. I know,
0: yeah. And, of course, you know, meeting Yoda. So, there's some great... Yes. Th- there's so many iconic things that Empire introduces to, ad ats So, <laughs> I want to uh, talk real quick about what I brought into the tape store that is our relic from this time before we close the doors for the week. Yes. So, the blast doors, that is. <laughs> I have a Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot version from... Um, I actually believe this is from 1978. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I had That's it. pretty darn When cool. I was a kid, I had a good bit of the action figures, and my favorite one was, well, I had several, but one of my favorites, let's just say that, not my favorite one, one of my favorites was Luke in the X-Wing suit, so I was able to procure another one. Thank you, eBay. Luke Skywalker in his X-Wing gear. He was in this suit throughout all three of the original episodes, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, all three of the original films, and his pilot suit fighter right pi- i called him fighter pilot luke so <laughs> he is in this in the tape store with us today so if we don't have anything else i think we can close the doors that's and good. call this an episode yep first okay. star
1: wars discussion
0: and i love that it was on empire strikes back yes. i think that that's just so so important it right is. if you've been with us this entire time we just want to thank you uh any time that you spend with us we appreciate yes your time is valuable We say that every week because we absolutely mean it. You know, anybody who spends any amount of their precious time, you know, listening to us, we just, it it means a great deal.
1: It does. It means a lot to us.
0: Me and Brooke have enjoyed this ride, you know, and we're just, when we see anybody else, you know, on it with us, we just, you know, hope you're having a good time too. So we thank you for that. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating. We're on Instagram at the tape store. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we Drop post pretty much daily, yeah. so we'd love a, to connect yeah, with you guys there. We try to respond as you know as much and as often as we can. We like to, we love our community. our, oh, yeah. r- our retro '80s and '90s community. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with more Star Wars nostalgia. Yes, since it is Star Wars month at the tape store, and may the force be with you. This is Toby, and this is Brooke. Bye, guys. Bye.